DJ Tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side War between good and evil, watching our fists collide Battle for our freedom now, to the streets we ride Flags waving all around, pages full of pride This is where we make a stand, no more give or take They want to use violence on Americans We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace Enough with tyranny We come to take our country back For all citizens White, red, brown, or black Return it to a form of glory Fix the bloody crack On the crown Fetch it down It's going down She warned me that this day would come I'm like my father, go to combat with the blazing guns I survived that, then I came back, took the place I'm from To face off all these haters and the battle in the place I love You can't break me down, I'm indivisible You still see my raps if I was invisible That pepper spray tastes like chicken In my efforts to help bring awareness to January 6th, what truly went on that day, the tragedy of people being illegally incarcerated, falsely charged, sentences blown way out of proportion, I've had the opportunity to go to a few different speaking events. Uh, Most recently, I went to the Reawaken America tour when they were in Mannheim, PA. And I went around asking folks if they had messages for our January 6th inmates, those that are locked up in D.C. and other federal prisons across the nation. I'm about to play a clip of when I spoke with a gentleman by the name of Ivan Raiklin, who is uh, a person of note with military background. The message that he gives is one of hope, and whether we know for it to be true or even possible, it shows that many have the January 6th defendants on their hearts and their minds. We don't know if his message would actually play out, but it is one of many options. And for times like these, when Americans are looking for answers to explain the unknown, when they're looking for a small bit of normalcy in this time of chaos, every message should be heard. Every message should be considered for what it is. And we all need to discern the truth by looking into and researching things ourselves. So enjoy this message of hope from Ivan Reglin from the Reawaken America tour in Mannheim, PA. Pine on here with Ivan Raiklin and uh, sir, certainly thank you very much for everything that you've been doing. Uh, yeah, I know you have thank tons you. of followers. I'm a follower on your Telegram I appreciate channel. You. I appreciate and, um, you. You're my you're, oxygen. You are That's a warrior. Why I put out content is because you're there. You're a warrior for truth. And uh, you know, as a J6 defendant, I have the honor of having a little bit of freedom before I face Uncle Sam. But I want to make sure to be a voice for those that are in the Gulag to speak for those that have no voice at the moment. And so I would like to ask you, sir, do you have a message for those that are in lockup because of January 6th? I do, absolutely. And I think I have a message of hope. So here's where it's at. We're 74 days out from Speaker Trump on January 3rd. What does that mean for you guys that are in 
or facing some sort of uh, negative consequence for the political persecution. That means the following. Speaker Trump gets to choose his sergeant at arms. His sergeant at arms becomes a member of the Capitol Police Board as a voting member. He can decide to release those 14,000 hours of tape that have not yet been released. You like that so far? Yeah, that sounds amazing. All right, let's keep going. I think, and I'll have to do a little bit more research on this, and maybe you guys can help out with it. Speaker, The Speaker of the House and the Capitol Police Board were the ones that provided the criminal referral for your transgression, purported transgression, of January 6th and sent it over to the Department of Justice. The same Speaker of the House potentially could recall those criminal charges and referrals. Is that big? Well, that's music to my ears, and I'm sure it's music to the ears well, of those. Don't quote me on it. Dealing. I think that that is the case. I'm currently in the position. I'm researching it myself, but you guys are also vested in looking this up. So let's collectively take a look at this to make sure that this this is an accurate depiction of what could potentially transpire. But not only that, as I think. The, the true story, the full holistic story of January 6th is going to be told if Trump takes on the speakership because the 14,000 hours, the rebuttal to the illegally constituted J6 committee headed up by Mike Pence and executed by his running mate Liz Cheney because they think they're running in 2024. I'm going to post something up on Telegram tonight, a 20-minute video of the consequences of a speaker Trump. We move the country from Trump derangement syndrome to demanding the reinstatement of Trump. And during his 17 days as speaker, a part of that is gonna be the entire truth inoculation of what actually happened from the illegal spying on Trump and Flynn and Carter Page, all the way up to and including the temporary successful coup that was committed on the 6th. And you guys were part of that entrapment that occurred on the 6th, and we're going to expose Pelosi, her sergeant-at-arms, the D.C. mayor, the chief of police of D.C., Lila Morris is going to pay the piper, Lieutenant Michael Byrd is going to pay the piper, Mike Pence is going to pay the piper, and every single other person. I'm just listening to a few names. Listen to that 20-minute, and you're going to see how that plays out. And the more of us that know that plan, I don't see how President Trump refuses that. And I don't see how Kevin McCarthy does not accept what is about to come. Well, you heard it here yourself, folks. Ivan Raikland says we got some things in the works. Hopefully the research plans out. You hear him? Autists dig, dig, dig. Thank you. You know, many that went to January 6th went to the Capitol to speak up and protest on behalf of election integrity. And I have to be real honest. Yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. Thought he was a good president because of what he did for our country. When it comes to our nation, especially the Constitution and our founding documents, American values, I don't care who's in office. What I care most about is that it is legitimate. I care that election integrity, the constitutional process, and the foundations of our nation are protected, preserved, and kept sacred. I can only speak for myself, but I did not go to the Capitol for Trump. 
Yes, I did go to his rally and his speech to hear him. But the reason that I wanted to use my voice was not because of the orange man. I did it for old glory. Now, last week, we had listened to a clip of the Justice in Jeopardy podcast ran by a good friend of mine, Mel Holly, and where she had spoken to John Mellis, a prisoner inside of the DC uh, CTF. And it was extremely uplifting and moved me to hear him say what Sing for Freedom had meant to him. I had done it to help bring awareness to their plight and to give them hope and encouragement, to give hope and encouragement to their families, to get the public involved and to help reignite patriotism in this country. For too long, people were whispering that they love our nation out of fear of retribution or discrimination. And I don't believe in a nation where we have to hide our love for her. That is not the America that I grew up with, and that is not the America that I envision for our future, for the future of my children and their children and theirs for generations to come. Too many honorable men and women have given their lives on the battlefield. Too many sacrifices have been made for the red, white, and blue to just lay back and quietly accept defeat and to watch her dwindle away into nothingness. American freedom cannot disappear into obscurity. So I reached out and got a hold of John Mellis inside of the DC jail to speak to him, to give thanks for what he had said and done, but also because I want to get the voice of the voiceless out there to bring awareness to what they're going through. It is best to hear directly from them. Welcome to John Mellis, a fellow J6er who is suffering inside of the D.C. Gulag. Uh, how you doing there, John? I'm as good as I, uh, as I can be. Well, sir, you are a true patriot, an absolute hero of everything that I have heard come from you and from the guys that are inside enduring the, uh, the, the hardships that you have to endure. You have the, the strength of, of many men, sir, and we cannot thank you enough for being the true patriot that you are, showing love of nation. Enlighten us on your story. Well, um, my story is uh, is a pretty uh, simple one. I'm a bartender from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I am uh, involved in the community. I uh, do a lot of volunteering for uh, things like, well, I, I volunteer at the senior center uh, in the kitchen. I uh, uh, Ronald McDonald House, uh, Special Olympics. I do a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, kind of had a, had a, had a, I was a wild child back in the day. I'm, I'm 36 now, but you know, my early 20s, I was kind of a wild one. So I've kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, toned it down and uh, had my uh, had my head on straight for a while. And um, I uh, started getting involved in local politics and um, going to rallies and things like that. And uh, I ended up at a at a rally on January 6th. And, uh, I was um, on the inaugural stage, uh, you know, uh, with everybody, uh, Chant USA, doing the whole spiel, and um, uh, there was a crowd in front of the uh, tunnel and uh, on the lower west terrace, and uh, everyone was uh, starting screaming that there's a woman being killed, and um, I went around the crowd, uh, around the bottom, up the left, and uh, more screams for help, more screams for help from a lot of people. And I come around the corner and I see bodies on the ground, people screaming for help. There was uh, so much gas and mace in the air, everyone was screaming, they couldn't breathe. So um, I responded uh, to try and help. We 
because of what I saw uh, happening to the unconscious bodies on the ground. And uh, now I'm charged with assaulting officers. And I've been sitting in the DC jail for almost two years with no visitation, no video visitation. I haven't seen my loved ones' faces in uh, almost two years. Um, and, um, you know, uh, the, the conditions here are terrible, but I, I don't want to uh, speak past the fact that, you know, Roseanne Boylan died that day right in front of me, right at my feet. And that, that is the woman that you're uh, saying that uh, the crowd was saying that there was a woman dying. That's Roseanne Boylan? Yes, that was Roseanne Boylan. And um, it's, uh, it's a tragedy that she died uh, and that nobody is looking into her death other than, I mean, regular citizens that are trying to find out what happened to her. I mean, we, we know what happened to her, but the medical examiner tried to they, they tell I talked to her sister last year they tried to they tried to tell her family that she died of a drug overdose which is a complete lie she did not have any illegal drugs in her system at all um, and um, they just try to smear her they try to smear but just like they tried to smear everybody just like they tried to smear Ashley Babbitt they just they don't care you know uh, they, they kill us and they don't care uh, what happened to her was uh, just as bad if not worse than what happened to uh, George Floyd uh, but the Democrats burned the entire country down for months uh, because George Floyd was wrongfully killed by a police officer well what happened to Roseanne Boyland was no different and um, you know I think uh, I think people should be a little more outraged about it yeah absolutely and this is what we talk about when we're mentioning a two-tier justice system so you know hopefully uh, there's some light in the future that we can we can bring this truth out and you know make it to where it's fair uh, you mentioned some of the tragedies and uh, the hardships that you are suffering inside. Uh, will you give our listeners kind of a, a taste of some of the things that you guys have had to endure over the last two years? Oh, yeah. So no visitation, no video visitation. Um, Why are they doing that? Oh, they say it's COVID, but the rest of the facility gets video visitation and in-person visits. Okay. And uh, they're not as strict on them for some reason. I, I know what the reason is because we're Trump supporters, but um, we're in our own pod together. So um, we, uh, I think, um, I have been uh, almost two years, no bond hearing. I don't, haven't even had a bond hearing. Uh, it keeps getting continued and, and kicked down the road by either the prosecution, the judge. The judge ultimately has been kicking it down the road. But like, it just keeps getting kicked down the road. I have not had a bond hearing in almost two years. Uh, I haven't even been denied one. Um, but the conditions in the jail are terrible. So we've got uh, uh, frequent and intermittent beatings and macings. Uh, they mace us and beat us randomly at different times. Every once a month, once every other month. It used to be a lot more frequent. Um, but um, the last incident was um, Ronald Maccabee, the former sheriff's deputy at J6ers that was in this pod. He was not wearing a mask when he was going to get his morning med. So uh, the lieutenant on shift sprayed him and they slammed him on the ground, sprayed him two more times, point blank in the face with OC spray, which is worse than bear spray. Um, and uh, the conditions of the jail itself are, um, there's black mold everywhere uh, in our cells, in the showers, on the toilets, everywhere. Uh, there's um, there's brown water coming out of our sinks. That's what we have to drink. The, uh, you know, the grievance process is completely broken here. So if we complain about any of this stuff, it, it, it gets, you know, doesn't get, doesn't get resolved, no matter how high it, it gets appealed up to. So we have no due process there. Our guys will randomly be taken out of the pot and put in the hole. Oh, that's another thing. We spent almost a year of that 
of this two this last almost two years, we've spent about a, I spent I've spent about a year of it on solitary confinement, which is twenty three hours a day in my cell, twenty two hours a day in my cell, which is pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, that's a violation of the Nelson Mandela Act, and that's constituted as torture. Uh, we've also heard um, you know, word of them messing with your food and uh, the rations, like the amount of food you guys are getting. Is, is there any truth to that? Has it gotten any better? Yeah, so every time there's a judgment in the courts against this jail regarding the treatment, regarding the uh, conditions, when this jail had a snap of inspection from the U.S. Marshals and they lost their contract for the feds, they, uh, there are 400 federal inmates in this jail. They, they moved 200 of them out. Uh, before they were able to, the jail was able to salvage their contract. So whenever anything bad, whenever anything bad happens to this jail, uh, the next day, uh, at least maybe more days than one, our food will be spiked with cleaning chemicals when our trays are delivered for lunch or dinner or breakfast. So we know that. So Jeez. anytime something bad happens, anytime we win a, uh, a little battle against this jail, our food is poisoned. Yes, that's true. And I'll also. I, I could point out other things that this jail has done. Tried to frame men uh, for different uh, for uh, threatening letters with uh, white powder, fake anthrax sent to federal judges, and they know it was a correctional officer here. Um, but um, it's, they're trying to frame us for it. Uh, so we we know that. So there's there's other things. The marshals were open about that. They told us they knew that we were being framed. Jeez. So, yeah. So there's that. So there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling that's just the tip of the iceberg, brother. And it sounds absolutely grueling, um, some of the things that you've endured. Like, what is it that you guys are holding on to each and every day to keep pushing through? I mean, I, I know that everybody has a different answer for that, you know, uh, but I, I would say that, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's uh, the love and support that I receive uh, from the American people, uh, from, uh, you know, we get a lot of letters a lot of support to the, the great advocates and activists that have, that have formed this beautiful network, this, this family, this family that has uh, started up around us. Such a, a, a source of uh, strength for me. Um, um, and, um, you know, this um, nightly vigil that's been going on with uh, Mama Mickey, and uh, she is the mother of Ashley Babbitt, and she is also the mother of this J.J. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, ask anybody who did anything. She's absolutely amazing. She's uh, been holding a nightly vigil for the last four and a half months, and um, it's been uh, it's been uh, quite a source of strength and morale boost for everyone in here. Um, I can certainly imagine. Yeah, um, I've actually had the the chance of meeting her in person out in Pennsylvania. She's an absolute darling. Uh, the live streams for the vigil. Um, I, I broadcast them on my site and everything and try to be involved in that. Um, you know, I'm banned from DC, so I can't actually be there. So I, I promote it, I share it, I, I talk in the chat and it's grueling and heartbreaking to hear some of the phone calls from you guys inside that come out there. It is extremely uplifting to see the fact that you all can make us laugh while you're in there suffering. Um, it has actually put a lot of things into perspective. So, um, yeah, God bless Mama Mickey and, and the guy folks out there at the vigil every single night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, and it's just to illustrate it for your for your audience, you know, that, that nightly vigil, it's a, it's a crowd of people out there every single night, and they have uh, uh, several live streamers. They have a they have a, a microphone with a with a with a, with a speaker. So uh, when we call in, um, 
our voices are projected to the crowd on a loudspeaker from the phone and um, and uh, to the live stream. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's really beautiful. It's a, it's a hell of a platform to, to be able to get our message out. It's definitely a very unique opportunity for you guys to speak directly to the American. I can't talk about uh, what's given me strength and, 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 and uh, given me um, hope uh, without uh, mentioning uh, my girlfriend, Kelly. Uh, she really has done so much. Uh, she's put up with so much and she's done so much and I got to give her her props because she is, she's really uh, stepped up in the last two years. Uh, we had started dating three months before I got locked up. Um, you know, for her to step up in the way she has, and I just, I'm, I'm indebted, I'm indebted to her forever. I, I, um, I can't express how much that means. Uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely an example of love tested by the trial of fire. You know, three months in, and you're, uh, you're having to, to deal with this, and she's sticking by your side, buddy. You got yourself a winner there. So, great job. You know, these are the things that, that give me, uh, you know, strength. On, you know, uh, you know, with, with great fighters out there like you guys, like you know, you and, and Mel and um, uh, Randy and uh, uh, you know, Tim Rivers or um, you know, Marie Goodwin, uh, Kara Castronova. I mean, you guys, you guys, uh, you know, really, are really awesome. And um, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, I know I'm missing a bunch of names. We're all in this together, you know. American exceptionalism is in the heart of every single person that's involved in this to help bring a fair justice system, freedom, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Like that's American values that are under attack. You guys are not alone. There's an entire nation of people out here standing behind you. And yeah, there's a lot of folks out here on the front lines, like you mentioned with Mama Mickey and Randy and Mel and uh, Kara Castronova and, and uh, Patriot Mail Project. And we're all in, in this together. There's uh a thousand different accolades that we could give out to every single one of them but truly this is all about america as a whole um take a step back talking about the vigil you call in you have a, an interesting little persona that you put out and kind of make it kind of entertaining is that dj jerome is that correct yes, sir. Yeah, DJ jerome. how did that come about so, i've been in here about two years with these fellas and I am the kind of guy that likes to be, uh, I like to kind of be real lighthearted. I like to make people laugh. Uh, I like to kind of joke around and kind of bring levity to the situation. And, um, you know, uh, we were doing these nightly vigils. I ended up uh, having uh, Mickey's number and I was calling her for the vigil. And it was just so dry. I would just kind of like say hello to everybody. Thank you for showing up. And kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, talk about a couple of our activists or thank Mickey hear these people that were there and kind of give them a little round and then I would uh, try to get both first first it started off as just guys just getting on one at a time like like a 15 minute phone call we'd fit like seven dudes or five dudes on there just one after the other and that was just how it started and then it went into like well we had to slow down because everybody going like that pace you know you run out of guys very quickly to talk on the phone and, and they're going to be out here for you know it turned into four and a half months so we had to pace ourselves so we would maybe like one or two or three guys on a night and uh, I would kind of introduce uh, the night I would kind of open it up and then I would introduce each one of the guys before I put them on 
and it was just kind of dry, just kind of doing a regular thing, talking in normal voice. And then I, I told Randy one day, I was like, hey man, I'm going to try something different today. Because I had like kind of a kind of a, a format for a spiel that I kind of do every night, just kind of thank yous and kind of like say hello, thank certain people, and then kind of plug Nikki's website, tell anybody if they would like to, to get to know us better. Uh, well, Nikki's website is forashley.com, the number four Ashley with an I.com. And then if you would like to get to know any of us patriots better in our own words, please visit wearegoodmen.com. And I say that to your audience as well. Um, wearegoodmen.com. You get a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of good, uh, good information that, uh, that I put up there every, every, uh, well, Kelly puts up there every, every, uh, every day. Yep. I actually promote that on our uh, website as well. I have you marked down as one of our affiliates. Thank you so much. Um, but I, I told him I was going to try something and I did it. Well, you know, I didn't even have a name at first. It was just kind of, you know, oh, rad, oh, rad, oh, rad. Coming to you, hot and heavy. You know, it's just kind of thing. It's just kind of voice, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, so uh, uh, that's how that started, and it took off, and it was kind of fun, and it made everybody laugh, so I, I kept doing it. Um, and then I had to do it. I did it every single night for over a month, and then I had to do it every other night because writing a script with jokes and every single night it gets really tough but <laughs> but um, yeah that's something I could do to kind of bring levity to the situation and kind of make people you know laugh in, in the midst of the, the hardships I, I just want to before we get off the, the phone I want to mention you know that they used to you know your uh, Think for Freedom uh, and, uh, so this campaign has brought hope and uh, uh, strength to us and I know this uh, since last year since last summer when we heard of it uh, because we, we were singing the anthem from behind our locked doors on 23 and 1 solitary confinement. And um, we were all alone. Nobody was listening to us. Nobody was talking to us. We didn't have a lot of activists or any at all. We didn't have anybody talking to us. We were all alone in a hole by ourselves, forgotten. All we see on the news was how we were insurrectionists and terrorists and stuff. So we would sing this national anthem from behind our doors on solitary confinement in a pod together. And... Uh, it was the only sense of unity we ever had because we didn't wreck together, so we didn't even really know each other at that point. Uh, we'd come out for an hour and have to shower and get on the phone to call your family for that hour and go back to yourself. So we weren't getting to know each other. So we were just, that was our first connection that we were making. And when we heard that America uh, uh, was doing it with us through the hashtag Think for Freedom campaign that you created, it was such a, uh, it was the, one of the first real senses of uh, strength in the country that we felt, um, you know, uh, uh, other than, you know, I, I think Patriot Mail Project was probably the first because we, we were getting mail from them. It was really, a, really touching. And then the Think for Freedom campaign was really just right, right, right on there. And it was just, man, it, it, it changed the environment in here. And uh, it really helped us keep going and get through the solitary confinement. And now that that's over, um, you know, and then you have all, you know, that this has grown to where it is. It's beautiful. I mean, we had General Flynn and uh, the Reawaken Tour yep. uh, sing, the national, sing the National Anthem with us the other night. That was, that was amazing. I mean, you know, I, I looked at my buddies afterwards and I said, I just talked to General Flynn. And they were like, they were like, you did? I'm like, well, yeah, well, like mostly he talked and I, I just said, yes, sir, thank you. But I, I think that still counts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you can actually thank Mel for that one. She uh, 
was out there in Tulsa at an event that uh, Clay Clark and Michael Flynn were putting up and uh, for podcasters. And, you know, she uh, let them know about what was going on and asked if they they could do that. And so, uh, you know, I got I'm, I'm very glad to hear uh, that it has given you guys some inspiration and some strength. It's patriotism that brings us all together. And the fact I'm truly honored, sir. Um, we're all in this together, like I said, and we're all patriots at heart, so we stick together. Um, myself, I'm facing over 30 years in prison, and I'm fighting Uncle Sam head on. I was awarded bond, and I would not be able to sleep at night knowing that I did nothing. And so I prayed, and I said, what can I do to help them because I'm free and they're not? And then I heard the recording come out of you guys singing the national anthem together and it moved me to tears the fact that you can hold love of nation for a nation that's persecuting you if anybody had the right to have dissent or some sort of hatred towards america as a whole it's you guys who are being persecuted and lock up and being treated the way that you're being treated but you have the american resolve to hold that spirit of patriotism and love and realize that our country is much greater than a single administration, as horrible as Brandon may be. And I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you. To that point, during the song, when we're singing, we yell out the lyrics still there. And that's exactly, to me, what that means, is that they cannot take my patriotism from me. They cannot take my love of this country. You're not going to see, you know, First of all, Antifa or BLM getting prosecuted for storming the White House in 2020 in the summer, injuring over 100 police officers, burning St. John's Church, forcing President Trump down into a bunker. The next day, media, the Democrats all just laughed at him. They were not going to arrest any of them. But if they did arrest them, they wouldn't be sticking to you. Right. Thank you, Joe. You're an amazing patriot. It's an honor to have talked to you. It's an honor to speak with you as well, sir. Thank you. And uh, God bless you, brother. We're out here praying for you. I will um, push out the websites and all your contacts. And uh, Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. So you heard it directly from one of the men locked up inside of the D.C. jail. Now, I'll be honest. Whether you agree with January 6th or not, whether you believe these men and women that are suffering under the persecution of the United States government committed crimes or not, whether you believe that they should have been there, woulda, coulda, shoulda done something different. Honestly, it's irrelevant. Every American citizen deserves due process. And these men and women that are suffering under the full weight of the federal government are being denied their constitutional rights, their civil rights, their human rights innocent until proven guilty. Many of them are suffering punishment without conviction, without trial, without the ability to defend themselves. And that is honestly what this is all about. Fairness, equal justice under the law. And the atrocious conditions in which they have to endure on a daily basis has been 
absolutely grueling and taxing upon their souls, upon their humanity. And it is because of the strength that you, the American people, give them that they are able to endure another day with the hope that true justice will prevail, that Lady Liberty will reach out her arms and embrace them. None of this is an exaggeration. They have had to suffer and endure things that we only have read about in history books and that generations to come will read about in history books of the future. Law schools and constitutional arguments will be based upon their cases, their stories, and their lives that have been upended for years to come. Not too long ago, many of them that are locked up inside got fed up with the conditions, tried to take it upon themselves and do something to change what was happening. So they fashioned a letter to the courts, a petition to actually be moved to Guantanamo Bay. That's the military prison where our government holds terrorists like the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, foreign enemies of the state. And many might not know this, but some Americans are held there as well as enemy combatants. The conditions in the jail were so bad that they petitioned the court to be transferred to the prison where they hold actual terrorists because they know that the military treats our enemies with respect, dignity, they get proper medical care and religious services, substantial food and nourishment. And that is one thing that puts our nation above all the others in the world. That is what helps us hold the moral high ground in battle is that we treat our enemies with dignity and respect. It is our strength in battle that puts fear in our enemies, but it is our humanity after the battle that sets us apart to being the good guys. Because as ugly as war can be, we can never sacrifice our morals. And that is one disgusting behavior that many of us are witnessing now is the lack of moral fortitude in how American citizens are being treated at home. I was able to receive a copy of this letter. When one considers a society that distinguishes itself upon the standards of a first world country allocation among the other numerous nations around the globe, while informing its citizens that they belong to a country that ensures liberty and justice for all. It's difficult to imagine, then, that the United States of America, supposedly the wealthiest nation on the planet, would subjugate its own citizens to that of incarceration and injustice instead, all while administering medieval standards of living to the agonizing occupants of its correctional facilities. A more accurate terminology to describe the facility and the staff that this letter has escaped the clutches of that you now read would be to call this location an evisceration facility of the body, mind, and soul, operating as an abomination to the law and to its nation's government, which ironically lies only a handful of blocks away. For nothing is being corrected within this forsaken concrete walls of the District of Columbia Jail. Its woeful captives are all but slowly murdered in every way except for their very soul being ripped from their famished chests on behalf of this mercilessly sinister institution. As prisoners of this jail, we have witnessed the horrendous treatment and have been personally afflicted by the hellacious conditions this jail insists on tormenting its traumatized guests with. 
The words will always fall short of an accurate depiction of the magnitude of pandemonium that every prisoner within these walls has had no choice but to endure. What follows is a collection of repeated offenses this correctional facility habitually submits upon its captives. For if this pale dungeon of human rights violations dared to summon any honesty of hard choice pertaining to the abhorrent atrocities that take place behind these unforgiving doors, they should erect a sign above the front gate that says, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. The destitute and desperate prisoners of 1901D Street, Southeast, Washington, D.C., 20003, have and will continue to endure a combination of any and all of the following. Begging for help, water, medical aid, mercy through a 4-inch by 10-inch window of cold metal doors. No visitations. No religious services. No attorney access. Mail delayed three to four months prior to delivery. Laundry returning with brown stains, pubic hair, and or reeking of ripe urine. Worms found in salad of meals. Inadequate calorie count of meals. Complete lack of nourishment in meals. Loss of head hair due to malnourishment of meals. Loss of eyesight due to malnourishment of meals. Suffering from scurvy due to malnourishment of meals. Blatant extortion via commissary in order to maintain health and or body weight. Rust in the water, rust in jagged metal desks and cells, rust on metal cages near face on small window of cells, black mold on walls of cells, black mold on floors of cells, black mold in vents of cells, broken sinks in cells, broken toilets that either won't flush or repeatedly explode in cells, cockroaches in cell, cell block, mice in cell, cell block, black mold on floors and walls of showers in cell block, black sewer flies in the shower, denial of basic cleaning equipment to sanitize living spaces, denial of personal grooming allowed, forced to use nair on head and face that leaves chemical burns on skin, stuck in cells for nine days without shower, improper medical care, medical care arriving months later or none at all, lead paint inside cell, cell block, no access to discovery, no legal support such as laptops, printers, copiers, denial of legal mentors, vaccine requirements for visitations, vaccine requirements for visitors, vaccine requirements for haircuts, vaccine requirements for religious services, vaccine requirements for speaking with lawyers in person, CRT propaganda on tablets, re-education propaganda on tablets, lack of legal documentation on tablets, Racially biased information on tablets. Removal of internet access, booster for educational tablets. Solitary confinement for 25 and a half or more hours at a time. Outdoor rec denied arbitrarily. Entry to congressmen and women who came to check on us denied. Repeatedly mocked and or insulted for our skin color or religious documentation. Compared to beasts, dogs, hogs, by The Final Call magazine. Politically mocked by staff with Democrat, Black Lives Matter, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden-related attire, sent to the whole, if we express any political views whatsoever, racially profiled by guards, sleeping on the job by guards, denial of hot water by guards, 
prevented from attending court dates by guards, homosexual and or verbal assault by guards, maced by guards, physically harassed by guards, assaulted by guards, cell invasions in the middle of the night by guards, grievous beatings by guards, threatened with and or nearly stabbed with 12-inch knives, trials postponed for at least six months or almost a year, bond, bail, continually denied, removal of internet access of clear tablets, removal of access to attorney, removal of access to law library, removal of access to worship services, removal of access to grievance forms on tablets. It is because of this extensive report of complaints and afflictions upon those held prisoner here in the District of Columbia Jail that not only compel us to alert the world of diabolical conditions this correctional facility continues to crush all of its detainees with, but also as political prisoners on American soil who have been unjustly and unfairly incarcerated, relentlessly burdened by selective prosecution, slandered and vilified by mainstream and social media, deliberately accosted with death threats from within the jail and received threats upon our homes and families through the mail all extending from a political nature or affiliation. We hereby request to spend our precious and limited days should the government continue to insist on holding us captive unconstitutionally as pretrial detainees to be transferred and reside at Guantanamo Bay, a detention facility that actually provides nutritional meals, routine sunlight exposure, top-notch medical care, is respectful of religious requirements, has centers for exercise, entertainment for its detainees, despite the fact that those residents are malicious terrorists, real members of the Taliban, and few are United States citizens. Instead of remaining trapped within the wretched confines of cruel and unusual punishment of the D.C. jail. The letter you just heard was featured in an episode of Justice in Jeopardy, a podcast that is put on by my friend Mel Holly that is tied with Americans for Justice. The website is a the number four justice.org. And they work very closely with Nikki Whithoft, who is Ashley Babbitt's mother. And many of you know Ashley Babbitt was the woman shot at the Capitol. Mickey has been a pillar in our movement, and she is very affectionately called Mama Mickey because she is the mother of this movement in the face of freedom. So check out their website. Mickey Whithoff's website for Ashley is the number 4ashley.com. That's 4ashli.com. And many other websites that you will hear throughout this, check out the description box for all the links to find your way around and all that we do for our January Sixers. I brought in Mel, who's been a friend of mine for now for a couple years and has been very diligently singing the national anthem every single night in solidarity with our January 6 inmates, their families, the defendants that are being wrongly persecuted. And she brings her young son out with her every single night to sing the anthem with them, and it is absolutely astounding. We need more Americans like her that are willing to speak up and stand out of the crowd for what is right. I hear the excuse many times people say, oh, I would love to sing the anthem, but I can't sing. And all I have to say is that it is our God-given right to have freedom of speech, and our nation is more important than a reputation. 
It is not American Idol. It is American patriotism. So hopefully you can find the strength and courage it takes to show that you love your country. That is what we wish to promote here in this podcast and our movement is to restore American exceptionalism across the nation so that we can be a free people once again. Welcome to a good friend of mine by the name of Mel Holly. Some of you may know her by her online name of Joan Up. She's been the host of several different podcasts and currently working with aforjustice.org, Americans for Justice, on the Justice in Jeopardy podcast. Uh, thank you for being on, Mel. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Hey, always an honor, always a pleasure. We certainly thank you for taking the time out to uh, come and sing Freedom with us. For those of our listeners that are not in the cool club to know exactly who you are, kind of give us a rundown of how you got involved in the J6 community. Well, I was there on that day as media. I was working for another podcaster and we were uh, sending, we had a team, a media team all over the place. Uh, we, we really weren't working together um, except uh, in the fact that we were all sending our footage back and it was being live streamed. And after that day, uh, I actually, you know, I, I had a very strong interest in in the events of that day and, and how things were uh, portrayed by the media, the narrative uh, by, by the media and the politicians. You know, I, I just uh, really followed it closely and, and looked out for people who, who were there and actually came across you um, as you were doing a podcast on, well, I guess it was a podcast. You could call it a podcast on, on Telegram. So I reached out and uh, asked you if you would come on my show. At the time, I was doing a show called Sovereign Souls, where I interviewed uh, loud and bold patriots. And since you were, you know, out there being loud and truthful about your experience with what happened um, after January 6th, I uh, asked you to do an interview. And, and I think you, you thought I was like some big podcaster at the time, but I, I really didn't have that big of a following. <laughs> and uh, so you were my first episode of Sovereign Souls. And I, I just, you know, I kept following it, uh, got very involved in the in the J6 community, the families, and, uh, you know, with any defendants. Then uh, I had a knock on my door by the feds in uh, September of 2021. Uh, they questioned me outside my front door uh, for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And then uh, I, I really wasn't even sure if they were actually federal agents. They showed me badges, said they didn't have cards, gave me a phone number to call for the Washington field office and, and their front and their first names only. You know, I always thought their first names were a special agent, but the, uh, the field office, uh, pretty much laughed at me that they couldn't that they couldn't do anything with first names so I still wasn't sure at that point and then you know but I got an attorney in the meantime they came back a couple months later same people and I uh, said you can contact my attorney following that I, I had a, a sit down at the FBI office with my attorney and these agents and and they just really wanted to hear about uh, my day and if there was any coordinated effort plans blah 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 
uh, interviewed me for about an hour and a half and then simply asked for all of my video footage from that day, which I had no problem giving them. That so far has been the end of that. You know, it, it just, the whole J6 story has just been so strong on my heart and um, I just I just feel for these families and these defendants so strongly and I've been saying from the very beginning you know they're, they're coming for us all and and people have have said that you know I'm a fearmonger or whatever for saying that but you know when you look back at history this is how it plays out and people don't understand that the turning in their neighbors um, you know, they're, they're going to come for everybody. They're, they're not going to stop here. So I, you know, I've continued to, to say that. And uh, I've just been in the fight for, for my children and my future grandchildren uh, because I love our country and I want to protect our country. So that's, that's pretty much my story of how I got involved. And, and I've pretty much been doing nothing but but covering and trying to get the word out about the truth on that day and and help these defendants and their families these americans um and i have been doing it kind of 24 7 uh since since then you have been putting in uh all of your efforts and all of your passions for the last two years um for the j6 community uh and families their defendant the defendants and I cannot commend you enough for the due diligence and hard work that you have put forth in those efforts. You know, you're you are a true patriot, ma'am. Now, when I did your uh, podcast of Sovereign Souls, um, I did not realize that it was your uh, flagship episode, and it was it was definitely a lot of fun and enjoyable. And uh, that's when I had really come out and brought up the Sing for Freedom campaign trying to put it out into the forefront and, uh, you know, get everybody involved in singing the anthem along with the January 6th inmates that were locked up in D.C. You know, bring awareness, show them support, uh, let them know they're not alone, not forgotten, etc. And uh, you kind of took hold of that and told me that, you know, it really was near and dear to your heart and that you thought it was a, a great campaign and that you wanted to participate. And um, I have to give you a lot of credit, a lot of props, because you have been diligently singing the anthem almost nightly now for coming up on two years here very soon. You know, it's certainly very much appreciated. I know the families uh, see your support and they see everything that you're doing out there and your efforts. Uh, so you are a multifaceted patriot on top of that. You have a young one that you have sing with you every single night, and I think that is absolutely amazing because you're helping to raise the next generation of patriots which is few and far between nowadays um, not very many people get their kids involved kudos to you on that one. Oh, thank you you know it's it's uh, been amazing because it's a it's a kind of a bond that i have with my son my nine-year-old son and uh there's been a couple times where i wasn't feeling well i was really tired and and he came to me and, and said we have to do this you know, and, and I think there was even one where I was lying in bed and he was sitting on the bed with me and, and that's how important it is to him. So I, I, I do think it's very important. We, we don't see people instilling that patriotism in their kids anymore. And um, it, it's it's been an, an amazing experience. It really has. He is definitely uh, the star of the show in many of those 
uh, videos that you post online singing the anthem because at the end of it, every single time he screams with a giant smile on his face, sing for freedom and raising a yeah, good he, he loves to hear He loves to hear it echo. It, <laughs> he tries to make it echo as much as he can so the neighbors can hear it. And, and a, a lot of times their dogs will all start barking at that point. So you are uh, currently involved with aforjustice.org, um, which we actually had Randy Ireland on the uh, show last week and kind of gave a rundown of what A for Justice does uh, along with his involvement in, uh, in efforts with the Citizens Against Political Persecution. Uh, how did you end up getting partnered up with A for J and uh, the efforts in which they're doing with the DC Vigil? Well, you know, there's a there are several just amazing um, organizations that have been uh, supporting the whole J6 community and, and fighting for uh, all these guys and their families for, for quite, a, quite a while now. And so I had worked with Randy on, on, on different projects and uh, we were just having a phone conversation one day and I said, you know, I really feel called to do a weekly podcast um, update on, on J6. And, and he said to me, well, you know, I've been wanting to do one as well. I've even got a name for it and an intro for it and everything. And he said, I think we could do one daily. And, and I was kind of blown away. And, and he said, you know, why don't, why don't we do this on a trial basis? And this was back in uh, August or September, I guess, maybe August and see how it goes. And, and we've been doing it ever, ever since. I mean, it just, it, it worked out really well. And, um, you know, it, it just, it, it's been an amazing experience. I, I, I love doing this so much and it's brought me closer to the, the J6 uh, family. I have uh, family members who will reach out to me and uh, wanna do interviews or, or want me to do an interview with their loved one who's incarcerated. So, uh, it's it's been it's been just wild. I uh, I can't tell you what it's like um, talking to these guys that are being detained in the prisons, and and I've you know I've built some just amazing friendships with these with these prisoners, and it, it's just it's been a beautiful thing. It, it really has. I, I love being able to support them in this way, and it it really has given them a lot of hope. I think to know that they can get their voices out there, and I always say. You know, sometimes the, the ones that I haven't talked to before, they're like, you know, should I, should I be afraid about what you're going to ask? And I say, you know, my platform is for your voices and you get your message out. You say what you want to say. This isn't hard hitting journalism on this platform for me. Um, and, and not that I don't do that elsewhere, but but in this platform on Justice and Jeopardy, I it, it's a platform for their voices. And, and and I just I leave it at that. Yep, I absolutely have enjoyed every single episode. I'm kind of doing a selfless plug here, but I do broadcast your Justice in Jeopardy on our website of singforfreedom.us. And uh, I have to say your Justice in Jeopardy broadcast is by far the best and most unique um, January 6th news broadcast. And it's daily updates. You guys bring the court updates almost daily. You speak directly with the prisoners that are locked up inside and many other members in the community that are involved, uh, family members of, of defendants. And, you know, you really do bring in the people that, that the community wants and needs to see, needs to hear their story. So folks, check out the website. Also, you can check out her Rumble 
Of course, I'll put the link in the description for everybody to uh, check out Justice in Jeopardy for your daily news update on the January 6th political hostage crisis. It is so appreciated that that you share that because that is one of the most important things. The most one of the one of the biggest reasons I, I do this is to bring awareness to what's going on because so many people have no idea what's what's even going on with these guys. And and I shouldn't just say guys because there are women as well. Um, and not, not only to bring awareness to their plight, but also uh, to give courage to those who have not spoken out. And they may have already taken plea deals, already finished their sentences, or, or be awaiting trial, or you know they could be at any point in in, in the whole process. But um, you know, I, I finished the the episode with "Be bold and speak the truth" because that's what everybody needs to be doing. And I feel like if from the beginning everyone had been shouting from the rooftops what was really going on, this could have been over a lot faster. And, and we've got a situation where we've got some of the big attorneys who, who have just put duct tape basically over their clients' mouths uh, and told them they can't talk. And some of those cases are the, the biggest and most revealing cases to the truth. And, and they haven't been allowed to speak out. So getting the truth out changes everything. You know, the, the truth is like a lion. That, that, just, that quote just really speaks to the whole J6 uh, fiasco or whatever you want to call it. Oh, absolutely. You know, you don't have to defend a lion. It defends itself. You just have to let it loose. And uh, getting the voices of the men and women that are suffering through this absolute tragedy in our history is extremely important because I've said from day one, and I know you've probably heard me say this a thousand times over, truth is the first casualty of war. And this is a war of information, a war of ideology. And so if we can keep truth alive, then we'll still have a leg in this fight. But if we just lay down and accept defeat by allowing the lies to win over, then it's the efforts are over after that. So you have been involved with the uh, great Reawaken America tour. You and I had the pleasure of uh, meeting up with Randy Ireland and Mickey Whithoff with AFORJustice.org, uh, Americans for Justice. And uh, I heard that you got a very premier interview. Uh, would you like to let our listeners know about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was um, I was at uh, the Reawaken tour. You know, we work very closely with Mickey Whithoff, who is Ashley Babbitt's mom, uh, and she's a dear friend of mine. And so I was there with with Mickey and uh, Randy Ireland, and you know, General Flynn and Clay Clark are are the headliners of this of this tour, and I was able to get an exclusive sit down interview with General Flynn while I was there. And uh, it, it was kind of wild because, uh, you know, we, we have the podcasters in one area and then we've got the mainstream media often in a, a separate room. And when I sat down with General Flynn uh, and, and started talking to him, all of a sudden the mainstream media just came swooping down and, you know, with their cameras practically in our faces. So I, I just kind of had to ignore that that was going on, but uh, you know, and it was a, it was a five minute interview, but but I was the only one there who who got this sit down interview, and I and I asked him to to speak to the J six families and to the defendants and and the de detainees, and and he did give a message to them and uh, talked about the the travesty of of uh, 
in, in justice that was going on. And, uh, you know, it, it was really an amazing experience um, to, to get that, that interview. And, and I, was, I was so deeply honored. Were there any other uh, larger names of interviews that you were able to get during the Reawaken America tour? I did. I, I as as far as uh, January six goes, uh, Dr. Simone Gold, just a heart wrenching message to the J six detainees, and that is also on my channel as well as her bodyguard uh, John Strand. And and Dr. Simone Gold had, has finished her. She was sentenced and uh, served her sentence. Uh, her bodyguard, uh, John Strand, he is taking it to trial. He did take it to trial. He was found guilty on all of his charges and he's awaiting sentencing in January. So I, I also had a, a great interview with him. I did have an interview with Roger Stone, which was an amazing interview, but unfortunately all of our mics failed on that. <laughs> so that was that was uh, very sad because uh, he, he's just such a great interview. and. I, I wish I had that one. Hopefully one day I'll have an opportunity to to interview him once again. But but that was also an exclusive. No one else got to sit down and interview that day with uh, or that weekend with with uh, Roger Stone. But uh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so in speaking with some of these detainees, the prisoners, defendants, uh, the family members, what are some of the, the stories that stick out to you? Mm. I, I mean, there's so many, you know, every story is so important because we all have our own cross to bear. And, uh, you know, these these people have lost everything in so many of these cases. And it, it's really heart wrenching when you hear about these families where the the spouse has has left. And, and, and the way I see it is unless you are part of a, a good J6 family community where you've got the support, it's it's very easy to just get in a situation where, where you're just going to walk away, walk away from the whole thing. And it's it's very sad. So those stories are extremely sad. Um, and then, uh, you know, Sarah Maccabee, who is the wife of Ronald Colt Maccabee, uh, that, that is a heart-wrenching story, and she has just been a warrior for her husband. And, and she's really a, a young woman and uh, so mature and, and well-spoken. Uh, she just blows me away. And, and she has had to, you know, endure hearing about her husband being in the D.C. Gulag, being handcuffed and sprayed in the face with, with O.T., which is worse than bear spray. Um you know, it just goes on and on. And it's, it's just those, those kind of stories are, are just so hard. They are, they are all, they are all tough stories. Um, you know, mothers who have their sons locked up. And a lot of these people have, a lot of these women, these moms have become good friends of mine. And um, they just, I, I can't imagine what it's like as a mother to feel so helpless with your child in a situation like that. And, and to see what our own government is is doing, uh, it, it's just heartbreaking. Now, speaking of uh, you know, support, community, and uh, being able to reach out and have somebody that is, you know, in the same situation to speak with and how that can help, where would one be able to, to find those groups? Well, you know, most of these groups are on Telegram. And so uh, these, are, these are groups that have formed and that has been the place where the majority of them are. 
And in some of these families, it's taken them a while to find that, you know, even as long as, as not until last summer and uh, these families were just falling apart and until they found these groups where they had, you know, people in the same situation, it was very difficult for them. So that's definitely the place to be. I mean, um, the Patriot Mail Project is a great organization and I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned that before in your podcasts, but um, it's an organization that collects and maintains the addresses where these uh, J6 detainees and, and those are, who are out on bond or under home arrest can receive letters. So it's a huge job. It's a huge job to keep track of it, especially when they keep moving these guys around from prison to prison or from jail to jail, I should say. You know, and then a, a lot of these guys, they, they already are fearing that once they get sentenced, that people will forget about them. So I think it's really important for us to realize that they're still gonna need mail. They're still gonna need that support once they're sentenced and, and sent to prison. But uh, that's a great room to jump into to start off on on Telegram if you're, you know, if you're in this situation, if you're a, a J6 family and you're looking for support, that's definitely a, a great entry portal. And uh, I think the room is just called PMP for Patriot Mail Project, but they also have a website and there's probably a link to that room on the website. I, I can't say for sure, but that's PatriotMailProject.com. Absolutely is a great organization. They have put forth so much love and effort towards helping lift the spirits and let them be able to speak with the American people and the American people send them words of hope, love and encouragement. You know, they, they do have ways to protect anonymity, if anybody is worried about that, um, to be able to get a message to the January Sixers, as well as, um, you know, keeping in track of where they are across the country and uh, what is going on with their cases. So at tip to uh, PMP, they are absolute pillars in this community. And uh, I do want to say if there's any J6ers out there, anybody that's been involved with it, whether you're uh, afraid to speak out, if you are... Uh, Looking for some support, I mean, even if it's not financial, it, you know, the, the love, the encouragement, the camaraderie, the, the sense of community is extremely powerful to a person's soul. So if you're involved in that and you haven't spoken up, you haven't, you know, let anybody know that you're in that situation, please do not try to bear this burden alone. Um, reach out to these groups and these organizations. These groups open up the possibilities of legal defense funds and uh, helping get commissary on the books for those that are locked up. They have rooms dedicated specifically to family members uh, and people that are that are in this to help. And if you are not necessarily directly involved with January 6th, but you want to help out, uh, they have tons of ways that we can utilize your charitable services and bring volunteers to the fore. That way, we can help spread the love to the almost 950 people that have been arrested because of January 6th. I think it's always important to point out, as I try to as often as can as I can, is that they haven't stopped these arrests. Last I checked, we still had an average of one arrest per day. It's it's not stopping. Yeah, January 6th is still going on almost two years down the road. And uh 
it's absolutely terrifying. You said it in the beginning, you know, they're coming for us all. Um, whether you were at the Capitol or not, anybody that is going to speak out against the status quo of the Brandon administration has had a target painted on them. So once they are done with the J6 debacle, it can just escalate to the next group of people that don't agree with what is going on. You know, we saw these in 1930s Berlin, and we do not want it to repeat here in the great United States of America. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's when it comes down to it, this is really not a, a political issue. I mean, civil rights uh, and due process and human rights, that's that's what we're looking at. So so whether you think that January 6th was an insurrection or, or you believe otherwise and you believe there was foul play on, on the side of, uh, you know, others, it comes down to what they're dealing with. As, as you know, they're they're not getting due process. They many of these people have never had a bond hearing, and they may have been in there, you know, almost two years now. Many of them have served the far end of their of their sentence. Of what you know, some of them have only had misdemeanors, and uh, they've they've pretty much already served what the the far the longest of what their sentence should be, and and they're being given these you know just huge sentences for things like trespassing. You know, they are, they're, they're coming for us all. And, and uh, if we let them get away with this, it, it's, it's, it's just not gonna end. And it's gonna be really bad as we've seen in history. Yeah, there are definitely too many stories of defendants serving their maximum time in prison, just waiting to go to trial, not being convicted, not having a chance to defend themselves, but having to sit in prison for the, the, the total amount of the maximum sentence of, and of their charges, of their you know what they're being accused of. And yet they still have not had due process. There's continuance after continuance, denial after denial, until it gets to a point where you know, maximum sentence for their uh, trespassing crime is six months and they're sitting in there for seven, eight, nine months and forced to release them, but still have to go to trial and still have the full weight of the federal government on their shoulders. The restrictions, the punishment continues, whether they have been to trial or not. They, they have not been convicted. However, they are still being punished. Innocent until proven guilty has disappeared in this country. Now it is guilty until proven innocent and they will put down the full weight of the federal government in hellfire and brimstone upon you. And these men and women have been enduring this for almost two years now. Yeah, absolutely. So I cannot thank you enough, Mel, for coming in here. And is there anything else that you would like to share to our listeners before we go ahead and wrap this up? I, I'd like to share something that, that we just put out this week, and that is the Elijah Fund. I, I lost my son, my dear son. Uh, he was 25 years old. I lost him on December 2nd. He was very supportive of my work. He always wanted to help people whenever he could. And he was also just, uh, you know, really good with his hands. He was very smart and would, uh, you know, was constantly fixing up old cars and, and building things. Uh, you know, he started doing that at, at a very young age. I, I remember going into his closet one time in his room and opening the door and, and every uh, remote controlled vehicle, uh, helicopter, uh, anything that he, that he ever had that, that broke, you know, as they do within a week of, of receiving as a birthday or Christmas gift. 
he had them all in there, but he had taken them apart into a million pieces and, and he would build things. Uh, he once built like a, a tank, like a huge tank. It, it had a, you know, a camera on it and everything. It was just amazing. But um, anyway, so I, you know, after his, his death, I talked with his best friends and said, you know, I'd really like to start a fundraiser to support people who need help and he supported my work, so I'd like it to to support these J6 families. You know, what do you guys think? Well, what would what would be appropriate? And they they contacted me the next day and they said, we think it should be something with vocational school. And I, I was kind of blown away. I said, wow, because uh, with, with AForJustice.org, we had been talking about for a long time and, and been trying to put together uh, something we'd been calling wraparound services. It was going to be to help people once they, you know, had served their sentence or were released from jail or prison and, and to get back on their feet because these families have, they've lost everything. And some of these people getting out, their their family has left them. So they come out with nothing. And uh, we wanted to be able to, to support them for at least the first 90 days, get them back on their feet, get them a place to stay, um, a job, all of that and uh, so I thought this fits in perfectly with that let's let's get this wraparound services going so that's what this is based on my son also he uh, he died from a, an OD um, we think although we haven't gotten the talk screen back yet that it was likely fentanyl you know we, we know that's a scourge that's an epidemic in this country that that uh, we, we've got to we've got to get on top of and uh, a lot of these families are facing situations with drug and alcohol abuse. And we've even had, unfortunately, suicides because of, of what they're going through. And so I said, why don't, why don't we make this a fund that will offer these families a chance to go to vocational school? And let's also give them a chance, if they need it, to have drug and or alcohol counseling. So that's what this fund was set up for, and it's on our website. It's called the Elijah Fund, and it's it's really the foundation of our wraparound services, which we have now named J6 Road Home. It's really finally kicked off this this you know plan that we had to, to support these families in this way. Oh, that is a truly beautiful way to memorialize the life of Elijah. You have all of our our hearts and our prayers because as a mother I cannot imagine the the pain that you feel but he will definitely live on in the hearts and minds of those that the Elijah Fund can help benefit and bring them back into society from this horrible tragedy that that this country is suffering of injustice and that is a truly beautiful way to bring your own tragedy out into bloom to bring something of new life God bless you very much, Mel, and thank you very much for absolutely everything. You are a spitfire and a true patriot who wears her heart on her sleeve and is not afraid to look the establishment straight in the face and say, screw off. This is our country. Let our men and women go. By all means, make sure to check out her Rumble channel with Justice and Jeopardy. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I am honored by your friendship and to know such a great patriot because you, you are quite an amazing soul. And thank you. Thank you for all you do.
the pleasure is all mine. Um, anytime that you want to come out here and share some of the amazing things that you're doing for the J6ers, you, this platform is a place for your voice, just like your platform is a voice for all of them. I'm honored to call you friend. Keep doing what you're doing. Look forward to seeing your Sing for Freedom video. Thank you. God bless you. Over the last two years, I've met several men and women that have dedicated their, their time and their lives, really, to pointing out the injustices being served by our nation and using every resource that they have to help American citizens being unduly punished. I've become very close with several of those involved, whether defendants or families. And that is what drives this mission. That is what started the Sing for Freedom campaign. The men inside showing love of nation despite the adversity they have to overcome to get you involved. So I ask that you take that moment, minute and a half, two minutes is all it takes, to sing the national anthem and post it online with the hashtag of sing the number four freedom. Because the families see that, the inmates hear of it, and they understand that you are willing to say that you love this nation and you want to see true justice, equal justice under the law. It is honestly the perfect protest. They cannot frame us to being violent and hateful if all we do is show love and unity with one another. And that honestly is what they fear the most, that we unify under the banner of freedom, peacefully and patriotically. Check out our website of sing4freedom.us. That is the place to go to find all of these resources. If you are involved in the J6 debacle and have not spoken out, or have not joined any of those groups spoken of in the previous segment. If you're looking for some sort of direction or someone to show you where to start, feel free to email me at info at singforfreedom.us. Go on the website, check out the Contact Us page for more direct ways to reach out as well. But I intend the website to be a central hub where you can see the Sing for Freedom videos that are submitted by other patriots, those done by myself, Mel Holly on a daily basis, as well as find the groups that are legitimately there to help. None of us are here to make a profit. None of us are here for, for fame. It is genuinely here to help you and to help others find ways that they can help you as well. There are some other features on that website as well to see some of the interviews and media presence that we've done on behalf of Sing for Freedom and to show the world what is going on with the justice system persecuting American citizens without trial. But the one part of the website that is most effective for worldly matters, for legal matters, and for matters of saving the homes of those that are under intense pressure from the federal government, there's pages there dedicated to help out the January 6th inmates, defendants, and their families by donating to their Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go is a Christian-based charity crowdsourcing website that does not discriminate on political matters. And that is honestly why many of the J6 defendants have gone to that site to put up their fundraisers. When I first was arrested, I was asking for legal assistance and to get funding raised for the enormous legal fees it takes to get proper counsel. I went to get, uh, GoFundMe and within 24 hours, my GoFundMe page was yanked down and I was permanently banned for, as they say, promoting violence and terrorism. That was my first experience with GoFundMe and it will forever be my last and I will never recommend that anybody go there 
to raise funds because they do not care about charity. In my opinion, they are strictly political. So, Give, Send, Go is where we go. It's where you need to go to help those that are in need. And you can search on their site to find many, many different aspects of those involved in January 6th. To help those that are currently incarcerated and families that are struggling, you can find them on my site and donate right there with the widget. It's pretty simple. Give, Send, Go does not take any of the donation for themselves as profit. They do ask for a donation, which you can allocate on your own. If you choose not to donate to Give, Send, Go, but donate 100% of your funds to the J6ers cause, then so be it. I feel that they are in it for the right reasons. So find it in your heart. Go to the site. Help out. Get involved. Check out the affiliates and the groups that are dedicated to righting these injustices in our country. Share your videos with us of singing the national anthem in solidarity with those that are suffering under this nation's banner. And like I had mentioned previously, you can also check out daily news and updates with Mel Jonah Holly and her Justice in Jeopardy podcast. Next week, we have a couple of special guests that I'm very sure that you're going to enjoy and that may bring some extra perspective and light to the current situations. I don't want to spoil, so you're going to have to just tune in next week to see for yourself, but you will not be disappointed. Thank you all for coming and hanging out with this crazy old slack-jawed yokel from the hills of West Virginia. Your support is deeply appreciated. We cannot tolerate what is going on in our nation, and as Americans, we have the right to speak up to redress our grievances against the government and against any other entity that tries to infringe upon our rights, our liberties, our humanity. But I cannot stress enough that all of this needs to be done peacefully. They want violence. We need to show them love and unity with one another because they can only govern us with our consent. And if we say no, they no longer have power. We cannot wait for some knight in shining armor to come and save our nation. It is up to we the people and we're Americans and it's gonna stay that way. Until next time, peace. Oh, say can you see by the dawn? Hey, 